Hello and welcome to whatever this is going to be. I'm not even sure. I am by myself today. No Patrick, no guests. This is mainly me just testing out my microphone. Uh, I don't know if it's already immediately clear that the sound quality on my end hopefully is even better than it has been in the past. When we started this show at the very beginning, I was using my laptop and the microphone that just came with the laptop itself. So the first like five or six episodes, you can just tell the quality on my end is really low. And I purchased a $50 microphone on Amazon that just plugs in USB ready to go and it's done. And it was definitely an improvement. You can certainly hear the differences from the very early episodes, but it still wasn't perfect. Mainly because I'm a pretty loud person. When I start to get excited or when I start to talk about something or go in detail on it, I usually get really loud. And we're always wearing headphones when we're recording. So that way the sound's obviously not coming out from somebody else and going into the microphone. So, you know, it's always a little bit harder to hear yourself with headphones on and I'm naturally louder, so I get even more loud when I have my headphones on. And that microphone wasn't really made, I guess, for my voice in that style. It would clip a lot or it would just I'd get high, even though I would turn the sound down pretty low, it, it just still wouldn't work. So anyways, I'm rambling a bunch here. I've already been going on for two minutes about this. And mainly, I just want to say thank you so much to our patrons they are the main reason why I even have this new setup. I got a new uh, XLR microphone with a boom arm and an interface, the whole nine. And because of our amazing patrons that have helped support the show, they were able to help me get this equipment a little bit quicker. I'm pretty sure I was going to be getting this at some point. It's just sped up that process significantly uh, with having that extra support into the show. So thank you again so much, everybody who has been supporting us from that, as well as the uh, buy me a coffee and just the regular donation we have on our link tree. We have gotten a few from there. So to everybody that has supported us in that way, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope my voice is a little bit more deeper and booming in here as I say it. So it sounds better than my previous mic. I think that's probably enough. I think a three minute conversation about my microphone is more than anybody, whatever it asked for. Why I'm doing this episode is still because of the microphone, though. I'm mainly just trying to test the microphone out. I'm trying to see what ways works with this microphone, because anybody who's ever looked up, I'm going into more detail on microphones. You know what? This is what we're going to do. This is how it's going to happen. So anybody who's done a podcast or has used you know, more professional microphone equipment in any capacity has probably seen that the microphone isn't magic. Having a better microphone doesn't immediately mean you're going to have better sounding quality audio. There are other factors that are, have to be taken into consideration, such as the room you're in, soundproofing it, how big is it, how small is it, the positioning from the microphone, how close are you, how far away are you, at what angle are you doing it at, the different types of microphones you get can also change all of that stuff. Even though I've had this microphone for about a week and a half or two weeks now, we haven't recorded a true episode with it yet. And I want to make sure that our full episode 
that we do it with gotten down the positioning and everything a little bit better. So in this rambling, whatever this is now, I'm pretty sure everyone's tuned out at this point. I don't even know if you're still listening. This is awesome. Cool. I appreciate it. I am going to talk a little bit about Keyforge and our most recent episode that just aired uh, pretty recently was the Oops, No Trick Takers. And that is where we talk all about the other card games. We mention it in our intro every time, but we don't really discuss those. We only do trick-taking, climbing, shedding. And for that fact, more trick-taking than anything. We'll eventually cover more climbing, shedding games, I promise. But we wanted to start that little mini-series about Oops, No Trick Takers so that we could start talking about the other card games that we also play. That episode was about an hour long and felt like the right amount of time. And I had recently received the new Keyforge set and wanted to just spend a little bit of time talking about that here. So I used to play Keyforge when it first came out. And I guess before I even go into the whole thing about Keyforge, let's talk about what is Keyforge. Keyforge is a two-player card game that was designed by Richard Garfield. Richard Garfield has made a lot of other games, one of the biggest ones being Magic the Gathering. And the reason why I mentioned that one versus many of the others is because Magic the Gathering has essentially evolved into Keyforge. When Keyforge was first made, Richard was saying that he wanted Magic the Gathering to be closer to this, but the technology wasn't there yet. So the idea of the game, it is a two-player card battler. Each player is trying to forge three different keys. As soon as you forge your third key, you'll win the game. The cool hook about the game before you even start into the actual gameplay is every deck that you buy is computer generated with this algorithm that they have to make your deck for you. Like most of these pre-construction deck building games like Magic the Gathering or Android Netrunner, another game designed by Richard Garfield, uh, or Marvel Champions, not designed by him. A lot of those games where it requires you to build your decks beforehand, you spend almost more time pre-constructing the deck before than, or than you actually are playing the game. Not always the case. Obviously, this is a whole another rant you can go down all on its own. There are types of players that will buy a pre-construction deck and be happy and satisfied and play with that. There are other people that need to find and buy the perfect cards depending on if it's a LCG, a living card game, or a CCG collectible card game, can also depend on how that works. Coming back to Keyforge, the idea of Keyforge, though, is it eliminates all of that. All you have to do is buy a single deck, and you would be good to go. Of course, it's a two-player game, so your opponent would also need to have a deck, but decks are $10 to $15, depending on where you can get it, and... For that price, you guys are ready to play. Now, of course, there are extra bits you'll need to keep track of damage and the amber that you'll collect to forge your keys. And you can get two-player starter kits, but the cheapest and quickest, easiest way to get into it is to just buy a single deck. It's a 36-card deck, and there are three houses, as they are called. There are 12 cards in each house. 
And depending on the set that you get them from, there'll be seven different houses that could be in there. So for example, the very first set, which was known as Call of the Archons, has the seven different houses known as Brabnar, Logos, Shadows, Sanctum, Mars, Dis, and Untamed. The next couple sets had the same houses and then eventually they started to introduce a couple new houses. And when they did that, they would take some out and then bring the new ones in. So there's a sort of rotation between new cards and old cards coming and going as the different sets happened. But the newest set known as Winds of Exchange has been delivering to people from GameFound. There was a whole story that I don't even know the full details on, but essentially there was a problem with the algorithm. The thing that was generating all these decks and, and making them do whatever their algorithmy things they were doing broke. And it caused this huge issue where they weren't able to print any more decks. And then eventually things sort of died down. Fantasy Flight Games, who was the publisher at the time, kept saying, well, we're working on it, we're working on it, we'll eventually get it back. Months had passed, year had passed, and nothing was happening. And at that point, it seemed like the game was was dead. Then Ghost Galaxy, who was the new publisher, took over. And actually, the, I guess, CEO or owner or head honcho, somebody over at Ghost Galaxy was somebody that was a part of Fantasy Flight Games. I could look it up and, and see who is there, what his name is, but I'm just going to leave it at that because, like I said, this is a very off-the-cuff episode. I'm just spitting stuff out that I know from memory. <laughs> and my new stuff from Winds Exchange just came in about three days ago. The cool thing is when you back the Kickstarter, or the game found, the crowdfunding, whatever you want to call it, it was game found where it was on, and by backing it, you got a whole bunch of perks, you know, trying to bring the game back, getting it all hyped up. They got over a million dollars, I believe, and they were offering a lot of free decks. And one of them was the I Saved Key Forge. So it's got like a yellowy glow around the cards to make it look all cool and different. And then there's these Unchained decks, which basically, I want to say breaks the algorithm because using the word broken when an algorithm was already broken is wrong. But it makes it so that the normal rules that the algorithm follows to make sure that the cards are somewhat balanced or using houses of the appropriate set, the unchained decks sort of go away from that. I wanted to say break again, but they allow you to see cards that aren't normally in, uh, or you allows you to see houses that aren't normally in that set or allows you to see cards be in other houses a lot easier. Number of cards, there's a whole bunch of different things that make these decks crazier, essentially. And then there was a new token mechanic where the backs of the cards can now be used for stuff. I'm realizing that I'm doing all of this and I haven't even explained like the full process of how Keyforge plays. This is what happens when you just ramble, which is funny because our regular episodes, we don't script either. We write down what we're going to talk about the game, like what game we're going to talk about, but then we just go from there. I think it's probably because I don't have Patrick here to help me stop talking and I'm just going. So maybe that. So either way, let's take a step back. 
Keyforge. I already went that far back. Let's not go that far back. <laughs> when you have your deck and you're ready to set up and start playing, on your turn, yeah, that's what we're gonna go with. On your turn, <laughs> on your turn, you choose one of the three houses in your deck and you play as many of those cards or use or discard as many of those cards from that house as you can. So you have a six card hand, except at the very beginning of the game, start player has seven, or you could have other effects that can do that. This is a crazy card game, rules get broken all the time. But you're gonna have a six card hand, and let's just say I pick the Logos house. If I have four Logos cards in my hand, I can do whatever I wish with them. If they're creatures, if they're action cards, if they're artifacts, it'll change where they go on the board or into the discard pile because action cards get played and they get discarded. The thing is, whenever you put a creature or an artifact on the board, they come out exhausted. People will probably know this from Magic the Gathering is tapped, but you can't use that word unless you're playing Magic the Gathering, so it's called exhausted. So the card comes in sideways, can't be used until next turn. So after you play your cards, you'll draw back up to your hand size, which again is typically six, and then it's your opponent's time to take a turn. They're gonna choose a single house of one of their three houses in their deck, play and use all of their cards. It comes back to you, you go back and forth, and the idea, like I said a little earlier, is that you're trying to forge three keys. And to do that, you're going to gain amber during play. Some cards will just have an amber in the top left corner. So when you play that card, you'll gain an amber. And the amber is just like the currency in the game. It's amber, A-E-M-B-E-R, but I'm just going to call it amber for ease. So when you get six amber, at the start of your turn before you do anything, you spend it and then you flip one of your three keys over. Once you get all three, you immediately win. Of course, like I keep saying, rules can be broken. So sometimes that cost can go up or down. And sometimes you can do it during the middle of your turn based on certain cards. So you're doing this back and forth, little dance with your opponent of putting out these cards, these creatures on the board, attacking your opponent's creatures, making your creatures reap, as they call it, R-E-A-P. And you just reap to get a free amber. Oh boy, is that, I think that's probably enough. Yeah, that's probably enough. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the general gist of how Keyforge plays. So I'm super excited about this because I had not played this for a while. When this game first came out, I was playing weekly tournaments at my local game store. And typically they would do 10 or $15 entry fees. But the idea was you also got a deck with it that you got to keep after. So essentially you were just buying a deck, but then you got to play in the tournament with everybody else. So I got a lot of decks doing that. And then of course there was always the just buying a couple other decks throughout the week or even at the tournament. You buy the one official deck, but then you know, you'd buy two or three others. And then if you got eliminated from the tournament, you'd play with the other people that got eliminated using the other decks that you just bought. So there was a lot of excitement that was built up around that and just, again, seeing the new system, how it worked, was a lot of fun. So yeah, basically, I am excited for the new Winds of Exchange set that came out. I opened up a few of my decks, did some multi-hand plays against myself, and I'm sure I will 
cover it in more detail on one of our oops, no trick taker episodes, but I just wanted to throw that out there that Keyforge is a thing. If you hadn't heard of it before, I would recommend checking it out with the new Winds of Exchange set coming out and the Dark Reminders or Grim Reminders that's going to be the next set uh, after this one. Of course, you could probably find some of the original stuff for really cheap. The used decks you can find for like a dollar if you go on the Facebook Marketplace or PGG site or something or somewhere. I'm sure you could find a, a lot of decks for really cheap. And if you don't want to actually have any physical decks, you can try playing on the Crucible. I think it's just the crucible.online. Been a while since I've been on there. But you can play online against people. The interface is amazing. And the cool thing is, is that you can upload one of your own decks. So if you actually have a physical deck, there's a little QR code when you scan it into the Keyforge app or whatever. It then can let you play it on the crucible but you can also use other people's decks that have already been scanned in so you don't have to have one so yeah that is probably enough i'm gonna leave it at that and hopefully this is enough data i guess enough time that i've been talking and rambling that gets my microphone some use to see how it sounds if i've been moving my mouth away too much if i've been getting further and closer because this mic definitely captures sound that way. If I move to the side of the mic, it'll sound a little bit different than if I'm in the front of the mic. And of course, if I turn my face away, which I'm not, I'm still keeping it there. I'm not trying to mess with the audio too much. I'm just trying to see how well I can do this. And cool. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. If you listen to this episode, then you deserve something. I don't know, an ice cream, a, a Keyforge deck, whatever it is that you reward yourself with whenever you sit through something for way too long that you shouldn't have sat through. This is definitely one of those times. I don't even know what this is, but I think I'm probably still going to upload it because I think it's funny at this point. I don't know. This might be enjoyable. Uh, we're going to find out when I start listening back to it and edit it, even though I'm not really going to edit anything because yeah, that's the whole point. We're trying to see if this microphone can work when everything's unedited. And with that note, I will leave you to it. Enjoy the rest of your day or night or whatever time it is that you're listening. Thanks so much. And we'll catch you on an official episode in the future. Bye.